Everybody, hashtag money woke. Thanks for joining me here at the Daily Dish, talking about money stuff till my dishes are done here at Greg Chats Cash. And today, today we are talking about the 401k. The 401k, it's one of those things that a bunch of you may have heard of because you got them jobby jobs where they uh, talk to you about the retirement funds. Uh, and right off the bat, it can sound like a really boring topic. In fact, the Boro 1K, I think, I actually wonder, since it's basically just named after a section of the tax code, uh, if it's designed that way to be less boring because in our consumer society, uh, a lot of people do better off, a lot of companies do better off when we spend our money rather than save and invest it. What I challenge you to know a little bit about today is let's consider the Boro 1K. Let's rename it just for this daily dish, for this podcast. And by the way, if you are interested in learning more about what I'm up to or you have any more interest in any of these subjects that I hit, hit up about, let me know because I could give you some resources that would be a lot more valid than some guy doing his dishes when it comes to things like the Boro 1K or the 401K. But let's rename it for this daily dish. And today we're going to call it the, what are we going to call it? We're going to call it the pay less taxes, make more money, watch your investments grow account. Okay. Pay less taxes, make more money, watch your investments grow account. So it's a, it's a mouthful. I know. But if you do have a make more money, pay less taxes, build your wealth. I don't even remember what I called it at this point. One of these accounts can be available to you sometimes when you have a job that offers a retirement fund or retirement options. A 401k is a place where it's kind of like a super savings account. What happens is your money is actually taken out of your paycheck before you pay taxes on it. And what happens is you don't pay taxes on that money right now. And why this is to your advantage is, well, think about it. If they take the money out now, the amount in your payroll before you pay taxes, the amount in your paycheck before you pay taxes is less, which means this year you will pay less taxes because you had less money that was taxed. So pay less taxes and grow your net worth fund. This is how you do it. What happens is a 401k will reach into your paycheck or more accurately your employer will pay out to a 401k some money that you decided will go out, whether that's 1%, 2%, 3%, 7%, 20%. Uh, you're probably not doing 20%, let's be realistic here. But even if you can start a small trickle of a few dollars a paycheck going out the door into a 401k, what you're doing is you're paying, you're not paying those taxes on that dollar now. That dollar, you will have to pay taxes on it later, but in the meantime, you're going to have it work for you taxed advantaged. What's going to happen is the money that you have that dollar grow is going to grow pre-taxing, which means in the long run, you can hopefully grow that amount quicker. And so here's how this works. One of the ways to do it is when you open up a 401k with your company, Sometimes, here's another quick tip, sometimes you don't even just have to pay less taxes. One of the other advantages is you make more money because some people's employers will actually pay you to do this. They do something called matching. If you think to yourself, I don't make enough money in my job, this is an automatic raise. If your uh, employer offers anything like matching, what you do is you say, all right, 
how much money are you willing to give me? They may say something like, we are willing to give you 1% of your salary more if you contribute to this fund. Or we will match up to 3% of your contribution. So if you contribute 3% of your payroll or your paycheck into there, we will match it and give you an additional 3% of your money to contribute to retirement. Now, remember, it's not just retirement, it's pay less taxes, grow your wealth faster fund. Uh, that's not what I called it. But what happens is by getting this, here's the short-term rub. Here's the hard, here's the catch right off the bat. You obviously you don't get access to those dollars. When you put money into a 401k, you can't touch that money until you're older. And so people are like, well, forget this. I'm out of here. Bye, Greg. Uh, well, here's the, here's why it's important to use these pay less taxes, grow your wealth, tax advantage, and your net worth over time because you can invest with it fund. That's not the name either. But what you can do is you can contribute into these funds small bits that work for you. Start with a trickle. Start with 1% or if you can do 0.5% even maybe. That way you get a feel for contributing to this fund. You can figure out how to exist with 1% less of your salary, what you're doing is you're actually investing like it's spent. Now, what are we investing in? And now this is the tricky part because when people get bored with the borrow 1K, one of the first things they do is they go, oh, okay, you want me to open up this thing? What do I do? And then you get handed this packet that has all these crazy names of these weird funds or places to put your money for investing. And they're like, buy my investing growth aggressive index welfare. Well, no, no, that's not what it's called. It's like high growth, high yield investing fund or, or hold your value long term and uh, dividends fund. And we like to make you more money fund or, you know, just some random name like uh, the, uh, the green tree fund. You have no idea what's going on in there. You have very little knowledge about it or who's handling the money or what companies they're investing in. And sometimes you can find out a little bit more information about it. But let's be honest, folks, who wants to spend any time doing that? Not many of us. But those of us who do are a unique breed. And those of us who do like to jump in and get into the nitty gritty and actually look at what is in the funds, what we've discovered, and not me like I'm including myself among the academics who go into this stuff, but uh, the little bit of learning I've done along the way, what we've discovered is that in these funds, oftentimes called mutual funds, you have money or you have stocks, you have investments that are allocated or picked by an active manager. And when you have active managers, these active managers will charge you a percentage or fee for what they're doing. Well, of course, if they're actively doing something, they should get paid for their work, right? Yes, this per perfectly makes sense. But at the same time, the other thing we've learned over time and studying of the markets, of investing strategies, and of historical averages of how people do, what we figured out is, ladies and gentlemen, index funds are one of the most responsible ways to invest when we have a 401k. So the first thing you can do, if you don't want to deal with this stuff and you just want to walk into your HR or your job or whatever and be like, I want a 401k, you just want to close your eyes, you just burst in the door and you go, I want a 401k, do you guys match anything? And they're like, yes. Okay, get me to the match. And they're like, okay, we can do that. 
where do I put my money? And they're like, we can't tell you where to put your money. And you'd be like, well, do, do you have an S&P 500 index fund? And their answer is going to be yes. And here's why. They are legally required to have a well-diversified index fund that is low cost and passively managed. Passively managed being an index fund, which is a fund that buys a whole bunch of stocks. So for example, one of my favorite index funds is the total stock market index fund. You know how there's like Nike and, and Adidas and, and Exxon and, and, and um, Apple and Facebook and all these public companies out there, um, you know, Walmart, Amazon, uh, did I say that already? I don't think I did. But my point being is that all these publicly traded companies, you could buy individual stocks in them, but what I really prefer and is a very sound and responsible way to look at investing is since I don't have the time to evaluate all of these companies, I would rather be diversified, spread out so that if any one of these companies were to go under, it wouldn't totally make me go under. By diversifying in responsible ways, we learn about index funds. Funds that instead of buying one company or seven companies, they buy all of the companies in a given index. An index is usually a whole bunch of companies averaged together. So for example, the S&P 500 index fund, which is something you've probably heard of before, the Standards & Poor's 500 index is an index of the 500 largest publicly traded companies in the U.S. And Almost, I believe, I, I'm almost certain that this is the law, that if you have a 401k or retirement plan offered at your employer in America, one of those offerings of funds must be an index fund, meaning that index fund is available at low cost. For example, for every $100 I invest in my index fund, they charge me a nickel. Most of these funds are going to charge you somewhere around a dollar for every hundred dollar you invest. Some of them a little bit less, like 70 cents and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, investing and the growth of your investments are like a quarter pipe skate park ramp. At the beginning, it's kind of shallow. Then you start to feel this growth and then boom, at the end, all of a sudden you're vertically going up in the air. My point being is that if you have incremental fees eating away at your at your investments, this will erode your vertical growth towards the end of your investing when you go to retire. So once again, you can burst into your HR department. Well, don't burst. You should probably go in politely and say, I heard there's a retirement thing. Do you guys match or do you folks match? Let's be gender neutral. If you go in there and say, do you do any matching of these things? You say yes, they say yes, and you figure it out like, okay, I can, I can afford a few extra dollars going towards my investing. By the way, for every dollar you invest now, that, that dollar is going to be worth so much more money for you later in life. Even by a few decades, we're talking a hundred... I'm not going to get into particulars in money because I'm going to do my exponential growth and multipliers wrong. But my point being is the dollars you invest now become tens of dollars later. And so by saying, yes, I'm willing to put some money into an index fund. Oh, by the way, thanks for tapping the hearts on the Instagram live. Those of you catching the podcast, if you're on Instagram, hit me up. Those of you on Twitch, if you're on, uh, if you listen to podcasts, try me out there. Uh, those of you on Instagram, do you do Twitch yet? I play video games there. I guess that was my commercial for the day.
My point being is, as you go in and you talk to your HR department, say to them, do you do any matching? And even if they don't, for example, my last job did no matching on my index funds. Even if they don't, I figured out a healthy percentage that I could invest. I found the S&P 500 fund. And oh, by the way, the, usually the easiest way to find these index funds is you go to expenses and expense and fees in the columns, and it's gonna be the lowest cost thing there. Um, now, there is some people who would say, some people that I value their opinion who would say, Greg, you're putting the cart before the horse when you're telling people pay attention to fees. Because more importantly, the issue is people just aren't investing. And part of the reason people aren't investing is they feel like they don't know enough about it. So my recommendation is to at least start with something. 1%, 2%, 3%. Start with something, and the reason I say start with an index fund is because it's a great placeholder till you figure out what you want to do next. And it just so happens that the index funds are also the cheapest, right? Oh, by the way, some of the interesting part is in some of those actively managed mutual funds, the ones I talked about earlier that could cost more because they have a manager running them, sometimes, many times, those managers actually hold index funds themselves because they're just the cheaper option for them. And sometimes you even find that in those actively managed mutual funds, a big portion of those funds are index funds. So they're just buying the thing that you could buy and then selling it to you at a higher price. They are necessarily doing some adjustments along the way. For example, if I were ever thinking to myself, I would like to get into international emerging markets, you know, uh, economies that are up on the grow and growing right now. Buying an index fund, for example, of a, of a country that's on the economic upswing and growing exponentially fast as an emerging market, an index fund there might not be as sound of an investment because there's going to be, in that growth, a lot of people failing along the way. That's part of, I guess, the economy, the economics of business. So with that in mind, you know, when you start looking at things like emerging markets, maybe there are spaces for places like active managers. But for the vast, vast majority of us, if you get into your borrow 1K and you go in and talk to, oh, there's also things like, um, for a Roth 401ks, which we won't get into right now, or um, your traditional IRAs, your, your, your other forms of retirement funds. Today, I'm just kind of talking about the borrow 1k, the pre-tax fund. Pay less taxes now, have it grow faster. And by the way, what you want to be doing is, because you've got it set up on the regular, one of the ways to really boost your investing is anytime you get a raise, if you're able to take that rate, let's say you get a 2% raise. Here's that crazy challenge for you. Just go in, because you can sign in after you get the 401k started. It's nice. You can go in the website and you can watch it grow over time. You can also watch it drop off, which I recommend. Don't go in there and watch the markets go up and down. Not a good idea. It's not good for your health. Set it and forget it. Let it automate. Let it go. Just buy the entire market. Keep going. Um, if... You do get a raise though. You can sign in and say, you know what? I've been contributing 3%. I just got a 2% raise. Why don't I kick it up to 5%? All of a sudden, you're still feeling good because you're having a raise and that new money, because you don't have to change your lifestyle, that new money is gonna be even more maximized in your long-term growth. 
This is about priorities. Because recognize this, when you do lock up your money in a 401k, there are opportunities along the way to do things like take that money out. And some people will even say to you, borrowing from your 401k for the first house you buy is something you can do. And there are tax advantages and ways to do it where you don't get tax penalized. This is very true. I challenge that a little bit as well. And no blame, no shame. If you're someone who's done that or is in the process of doing that, or even if you've, after you get done washing, watching this guy do his dishes or listening to this guy doing his dishes, and you say to yourself, he doesn't know what he's talking about, or I see what he's saying, but I disagree with him, I'm totally down with that. I recommend this. Once again, just a random guy doing his dishes. If you are thinking about buying a house in the next five, 10 years, the money that you're putting in your 401k is not the money that should be for that house. I hate using the word should, but I challenge you to consider if, if you need to put it in there, like, well, then why wouldn't you put it in a place where it could earn interest and you could use that interest, right? So even a strong savings account online or a CD is going to give you a higher interest rate than if you put money into a 401k and then take it out. Because when you take it out, all of a sudden, you're stopping that growth. You can't build it quite the same way. And so I challenge you to consider that is, it, you know, when you get into building out a financial toolbox, just to bring up one of the metaphors I've used before, a financial toolbox means you have different tools for different jobs. One of your, four, your 401k is a job for maximizing your wealth growth tax advantaged while you're working so you have access it access to it when you hit 60 i think it's 59 and a half you can start drawing down maybe it's 65 and older um maybe 59 and a half sorry i started a whole borrow 1k episode i don't even know i don't even remember the age that you could start drawing down on it for can you tell how off the cuff i do this that's my homework i'll make sure to I'll make sure to bring that up. 59 and a half or 65, if somebody wants to figure it out for me before the stream ends, let me know. Instagram, you're the only ones I can see the... Instagram to the rescue. Will someone look up what age can you start drawing down on your 401k? What age can you start drawing down on your 401k without getting a tax penalty? I believe it's either 59 and a half or 65. Can't quite remember. I know that you can start collecting Social Security at those younger ages, but when it, with Social Security, it's a whole different subject. Recognize that the longer you can defer it, the, the more you'll get on the average. Um, whew, wow, that kind of petered out, didn't it? <laughs> this is one of those episodes where I'm just about done my dishes and I've been talking for 19 minutes plus straight and... Uh, well, I think I've just about worn out my welcome here. Thank you for joining me today and the Borrow 1K episode. Um, I would imagine I'm not going to get many viewers on Twitch watching about 401Ks, but who knows? Who knows? Oh, those of you on Twitch, I'm also going to game later, uh, get some Fortnite going. And those of you on Instagram, stay tuned because I'm making a new story in the next couple days. I'm going to make it on Snapchat first because that's usually where I make my silly stories. But we will definitely be reposting it on Instagram. Thank you for joining me, folks. I have one or two more dishes, but I'm going to wrap that up on the Instagram Live. Those of you on the podcast, thanks for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. I'm honored to have you here. Please let me know if there's a topic you want to hear more about. Hit me up anytime. I do direct messages all the time on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. 
sometimes Facebook Messenger, but leave a comment, leave a review, or just come back again sometime. Thanks for joining me. And if I had an ad, maybe I'd throw it at the end here, but I don't. Those of you on the Instagram Live, thank you for the hearts.